Ready. Hey. Just in the middle of the field, 45, 50. Greengrass in front of him, leaving Lions in his way. I am Jeff Joniak. Blitz is on. Down he goes. Brisker. What was it like playing for Coach Dicka? Uh, I don't want to answer any questions like that. 61 yards. Ooh. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields. Now, Bears, etc. with the voices of the Chicago Bears, Jeff Joniak and Tom Fitton. Hey, when you start talking about wins and losses and why or how they occur, you got to talk about opportunities. The ones a team takes advantage of and the ones they don't. Every snap really does matter. We're going to discuss all that coming up today in Episode 17 of the Bears Etc. Podcast with Super Bowl-winning Bear Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Coming up each week, we'll talk with Matt Eberflus. We'll hear from him later on. Thanks, as always, to producers Dan Barilli, Jordan Treadup, and Katie Tuber. Tom, how you feeling, buddy? How you feeling about uh, the game? I know how you're feeling. I, I know you're, you know, 0-2 doesn't feel good right now. No, but, you know, I think when you play football and you invest your whole life in it, you always have to watch a game to enjoy the game. But then after you go out and study football, you have to see how corrections can be made. Jeff, in the life of me playing football, I don't think there's ever been a game where there hasn't been a correction that has been able to be made no matter how good the play is or how bad the play is. So I think that's the process that you have to go through at this point. You have to keep the assistant coaches in a positive frame of mind as they coach the players through tape, and you have to take them out in the field and try to process the information in a athletic, aggressive way. 27-17, the final. Uh, the game was there to be won throughout the course of the day, uh, despite uh, some of the problems that they experienced uh, in being consistent throughout the day. And there are likely in any game, no matter what week, five or six plays on both sides of the ball that in the end are the reason for the outcome. And I think we can pinpoint all of those in this particular game. We'll hear from Matt Eberflus doing the same. Uh, it's the plays you make and the plays you don't make, Tom. And so let, let's start with the positives and the plays they did make against Tampa Bay. And I'm, I'm going to start on the offensive side of the ball and certainly the connection with DJ Moore and Chase Claypool. And then the Justin Fields touchdown, our places to start. The 29-yard run by Roshan Johnson, a good run by Khalil Herbert, a couple successful screens, and therefore those are the positives. What do you think if I missed anything? Uh, no, you know, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think, you know, using Cole Komet more as a target, you know, like we talked about it on first down to make yourself in a more makeable second and third down. The continuous targeting of a guy like Chase Claypool. Don't forget about him just because of the criticism he took from the public after week one. And I think DJ Moore deserves more opportunities. And uh, I, I think he's a type of guy that should be targeted 10 times a week. And I do think that there's a courses in the game that you have to revisit the plays that are successful early in the game. Um, you know, Jeff, the, the game that we did against the New England Patriots years ago when Tom Brady was really successful against the Bears, he threw the same play to the yeah. same player for 11 completions. And so I think the Bears are capable of that. If you find a play that Justin is more than comfortable with where he can either target his wide receiver downfield or pull the ball and go and put the defense in a negative position, I think you have to take advantage of it more than once. But like you're talking about, I think the Bears are running screens very well. I think Roshan Johnson has explosiveness at the line of scrimmage that if you give him an outside crease, he's got the speed 
to take it upfield and the willingness to lower his shoulder against the third level to have extra yards attached to it. And that's the one thing that encourages me about Khalil Herbert. He's not an easy tackle. So when you have the opportunities for him to carry the ball, you're, you're always talking about getting the extra two or three. That's important to this offense. So now the consistency of that and knowing what you're seeing and trusting what you see and just making a play. We're going to hear from Darnell Mooney here in a second. Darnell uh, made a great point. Uh, the discussion about Justin Fields and throwing guys open or finding open receivers instead of taking a sack or just getting rid of the ball quicker. You know, it's all about just, hey, it's on us. Mooney said it's on yep. us. Claypool, me, DJ, the guys, give it, give us a shot. Trust us to make the play. And then it's on us. I love that comment. We're going to hear about it in a second, but how, how, how did you, how did you process that? I, I think it's a great comment, Jeff. You know, I think when you, the whole team gets together, you know, seven on seven and the playmakers of the team, um, you know, Justin, if it's third and 13, he doesn't have to throw a 13-yard completion. If he throws an arc, uh, eight-yard completion with momentum or an 11-yard completion to a guy like DJ Moore, that's a difficult tackle, you have the opportunity to turn that into a first down. So sometimes I think when they get themselves into these third and long scenarios, Justin puts so much on himself to be the reason the play succeeds. I think that's a little unfair to him. I think the offensive line is getting to know each other a little bit better. So I think they can use multiple protections during the course of a game, no matter what front they're seeing. So when Justin feels comfortable with the protection that he's called in the huddle, I think that he has to put that onus, like Darnell Mooney says, on the receivers and allow them to make the play. Here's what Mooney said at Hallis Hall on Monday. That's something that we feel like we're capable of doing, and it starts with just, like I said, putting the, putting the ball in the playmaker's hands put the ball in DJ's hands the first couple plays you see gets us down down to the end zone pretty fast and just like I said allowing us to be accountable allowing us to make those plays or, or don't make those plays and blaming on us we'll take the blame for sure so just allowing us to be accountable for those so by the way Mooney thinks he's going to be okay uh Tom yeah. bruise on the knee put on knee pads yeah. they de-emphasize the importance of knee pads in college football game now all these kids come out of college and they're basically wearing shorts when you're in the NFL, they're emphasizing all tacklers to go lower on the body because they're staying away from the head. Now you have these guys that have little to no knee pads on, and when you do get a shoulder pad, you get a helmet, you fall on a, a hard piece of the turf, then you can expose that um, possibility to happen. So I just wish that all, and I'm not, and I'm not talking to Darnell. I'm talking to all football players on every level about protecting your knees. And, and then Mooney on if Fields should run more. That was a question after four attempts and three yards. You can't really say all those things. I think last year you didn't really think he was doing that until we kind of changed things to make it fit for our offense within what we had. So we're still kind of trying to figure out what we what we have, what's, what we're good at. And um, you didn't think he would just run the ball until probably like a couple weeks in the season where you're understanding, like, this works for us, so we're going to continue to do that. So we're, we're kind of still trying to figure out what works for us. And, um, I mean, it's not it's not too soon, not too late or whatever to figure those things out. Obviously, we don't want to be 0-2. Being, if we're 2-0, we're not really talking about, like, what works. And we're probably still trying to figure out what works. But 
We're still trying to figure those things out. Now, he brings up a great point. Uh, it took until the middle of the season. Got to feel comfortable doing it. I did expect a little bit more yesterday. Got to give credit to the defense, though. The end stayed home. They were waiting for it. So they, they weren't okay. crashing down on RPO. So how do you change that? I, do, I think the Bears have not used enough moving pockets in whether it's naked bootlegs, bootlegs with protection, if it's roll protection, if it's waggle, which is kind of a straight drop back and then you meander off to the right or the left. If Justin has those types of uh, protections and passes called, as soon as he rolls out to the side and he sees his targets covered, it gives him more of an opportunity to run upfield against less bodies. If you try to keep him in the pocket and run from inside the pocket, you're going to run towards danger. For all your journeys ahead, go with a partner who's been on your team from the beginning, the one members and communities have trusted for over 85 years. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois, always standing by you, with you, for you, through it all. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer on the Bears Etc. podcast. We'll get into the defensive side of the ball after we listen to head coach Matt Eberflus in our weekly conversation with the Bears boss. Well, welcome back uh, to the Bears Etc. podcast, Matt. Let's start in because last night on the Bears Game Night Live show, one of my featured tapes was talking about opportunity. You think only every snap matters in the playoffs. Like, that's when the intent, every snap matters. But in reality, every snap matters in the NFL, no matter the season, when opportunity knocks, you got to open the door and you got to kick it down. And there were so many opportunities. I started out the team meeting with them uh, this morning, you know, and talking about opportunity. I had a lot of the plays on there, you know, so, you know, the brisker interception, you know, the, you know, the cause fumble that we had, uh, we had caused a few fumbles, uh, yeah. the sack opportunities um, that we, that we need to finish those. And those are all opportunities to put the guys behind the sticks, set a short field for our offense, you know, and, and, and that's winning football. You know, when we block the, uh, the kick, that was yard line. excellent job, 50 yard line. And then we need to seize the opportunity there for a field goal or at least a, a touchdown, you know, so, um, those, I showed all those plays in a team meeting today, you know, and then I said, sh- I also showed them what we did well. You know, yeah. I know we had some opportunities that we didn't take care of, and that would have swung the game for sure. But I also showed them what we did well. I showed them the explosive plays on the on the on the two touchdown drives; um, those were excellent. I showed the defensive uh, the stops they made uh, to keep us in the game in the second half, um, and certainly at the in the fourth quarter to get our to get the ball back for our offense to go ahead, uh, for the go ahead score. And uh, you know, so those are all things we did well. You know, it's a lot, a lot of good plays were made out there, but again, seizing those opportunities is what what wins and loses games, and and we have to take care of that. And that goes for quarterback Justin Fields as well. I, I think you'd agree there were some situations where there were open receivers. He held on to the ball maybe too long, didn't didn't fire, got hit, sack, whatever the case may be. Those are opportunities that you got to seize. Yeah, he, he would agree with that 100%. Yeah. You know, and, you know, he's got to do a really good job of, you know, delivering the ball on time, and he's been doing that, and he's doing it more consistent, but we just need more consistency yep. of that. Um, you're, seeing, you're seeing an advancement from year one to year two uh, in the system. Um, you're seeing flashes of that. Now we just need to see more consistency with that. And when he feels that pressure in his pocket presence, you know, just get rid of the ball. You know, throw it at the guy's feet, at Herbert's feet, or whatever that might be. And, you know, let's not take those sacks. You know, we can, we can minimize, uh, you know, the, the losses there a little bit better, and he knows that. It's interesting because as a public speaker, when I do big events or whatever, I'm always looking at the, the, the eyes of the people. Okay, are they hearing what I'm saying? Are they reacting in a certain way? So when you show those clips of the opportunities missed 
do you do you see the heads going? Do you see do you see it in your players? And they say, oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, obviously they know it. They know it deep down in their heart when it happens. Like you know, gotta gotta get that. But do you see it? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Those those guys are you know are, they're workers and they they believe in each other. Um, you know, and they they have a relationship with the, with each other. They love each other. You know? So those players are tight, and they want to do it for each other. You know, those opportunities and seize those opportunities. And I showed a multitude of players. You know, in there. So it could have been an offensive line, receiver, quarterback. You know, uh, defensive line. All the opportunities that we did have, and that we can take advantage of. And it's our job to seize those opportunities. You know, I, I thought it's uh, important to bring up the fact that, you know, sudden change is big in the league, obviously, after turnovers, how a defense responds or how an offense responds, but sudden change for defense. And when you talk about injuries, you know, you lose your two safeties for a, a part of that game, and young guys come in, guys not with a lot of experience, but Quindell Johnson, the rookie out of Memphis, um, got him on waivers from the Rams. Elijah Hicks has had plenty of playing time, but, you know, thrown in there in the heat. And Greg Stroman, he's been on the roster. He's a veteran. But how did those three guys in particular handle their duties yesterday with that sudden change of, a, of an injury or situation? I thought, well, yeah. you know, they really, they were prepared. And that's a really a credit to, to those players um, and also their coaches. You know, that, you know, that's Andre Curtis, our safeties coach, uh, you know, for coaches those two safeties. And uh, he did a nice job of preparing those guys. And also David Overstreet coaches our nickels. You know, so he was he's Stroman. Uh, you know, and he does a good job with him too. And those guys played solid. They were in there. They did what they were supposed to do, and they they had a solid game for us. And uh, you're going to need that when you have injury. You know, and some of this was you know heat related or injury, but uh, the guys did a nice job coming and stepping in. All right, let's talk to what was the defensive coordinator yesterday, Matt Eberflus. Um, overall, uh, I thought there were some really good things uh, stopping the run game. Uh, Jervon Dexter making a couple flash plays where he's throwing aside guys and and, and making plays. Um, and then the overall pressure didn't always finish, but were you pleased with how you guys and, – and stopping them on drives with short field goals, that was important to keep the game still in reach for the Bears throughout the, almost the entire 60. Yeah, I thought the guys played uh, uh, played well. You know, they played well at some at points. You know, at yeah. points we can certainly improve. We know that. You know, certainly on the on the sacks and the takeaways, we got to get those numbers right. Third down numbers, we got to get right. So, you know, we're gonna have some uh, focus areas um, on our on our defensive team uh, this week, and those will be what we focus on. All right, Kyler Gordon went through it last season. Uh, also, Jaquan Brisker goes through it last season. Rookie defensive backs, Tyreek Stevenson knows he's gonna have a target on his chest. There's no way around it. We know he's tough-minded. He invites it. He's good. He forgets. But, you know, now that you're knee-deep in it and he faces a great receiver like Mike Evans this week, uh, how do you evaluate where he's at and how do you monitor that as you go through practice this week? Yeah, you know, he's in a good spot. You know, he's in a good spot mentally. Um, You know, just a couple of technique things. You know, John Hoke coaches our corners, and uh, he does an awesome job. And uh, he'll get him right. You know, he's been a coach for a long time. And, uh, you know, he's had rookies before and developed those guys into really good players. So, we, you know, we expect the same out of Tyreek. You know, and the biggest thing for him is that he has to learn. It's a learning experience. Um, this first year he's going to learn a ton with the different skill sets that he has to cover. You know, and, you know, Mike's a, Mike's a unique skill set, you know, because he's long, he's fast, you know, and he can get behind people. And, uh, you know, that's the one thing that he's good at. And uh, so he'll learn from that and uh, move forward and uh, improve on it. We know that offensive line chemistry and playing together is significant. It's, it's, it's as long as the NFL has been around. 
Uh, I believe there were like almost nearly a dozen starting combinations last year. I can't remember the exact number. And again, the intended five won't be available probably until week six. How is that impacting the offense right now? Because it's not the same five every time. Um, you know, there's certainly an impact for yeah. sure. You know, Nate was, you know, for personal reasons, wasn't there, you know, and obviously Tevin and, you know, so you're, you're moving guys around a little bit, but, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, the guys did a solid job yesterday, you know, um, you know, in protection, you know, it seemed like they're, you know, they did a good job there for sure. Um, but again, we got to run the ball better. Um, we got to do a good job in protection and the guys that are out there are going to be the guys we're playing with. So, uh, Simo does a good job coaching those guys and, uh, they're they're ready to go, and uh, you know we just got to do a good job of stepping up there and and uh, making your opportunity count. When a back like Roshan John, it doesn't matter who the back. If they uh, rip off a big run, excites the team, twenty nine yards. Do you ever feel like okay, let's feed the beast a little bit? Yeah, I mean you know he did he did a really nice job. I thought Herbert had some good runs yep. yesterday too. You know he had some really good runs, make some guys miss. You know at the point of attack, you know to keep the, the play alive, and uh, I think both those guys are really. Um, you know, starting to move up, you know, and we just got to do a good job of putting them in opportunities so they can be successful. We could talk a long time. You're out of time. So let's look at Kansas City, uh, one of the great stadiums in the NFL to, to enjoy a game as a fan and to, I'm sure, for a player to play in it. Uh, what are we facing here with the big red wave of uh, this defending world champs? Yeah, you know, just, you know, a lot of skill. You know, their, their skill on both sides is, is really good. You know, defensively, they, they like the pressure. You know, they're a big pressure team, and they got some good players there. There's going to be a different kind of pressure, too, right, than Bulls. Yes, yeah, it'll be different. different kind. Yeah, it'll be different. There'll be some all-out max pressures and different things, and he'll create some new things. He has designer blitzes that he does every different every week, which are new. Um, so he always does those things. You know, And then offensively, you know, Andy does a heck of a job, you know, scheming up different ways to uh, get guys open, uh, get his skill open. So, um, you know, they did a nice job running the ball uh, yesterday, you know, in terms of their average. Um, you know, and they really were, uh, you know, I know they had a, you know, hard, hard fought battle yesterday, yeah. you know, against Jacksonville. And I watched that game last night, but, uh, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it's going to be a big challenge for us. Good luck this week. All right. Thank you. Obviously agrees uh, very much so with, with some of the things we brought up regarding fields and then just the, the comfort of, of calling defensive place. He was pleased with the way certain aspects of the defensive performance uh, was done. Certainly defending the run. They certainly play of the linebackers to Man Edmonds and TJ Edwards combined for 28 tackles. Uh, he also addressed, obviously, the missed opportunities of sacks, making the right tackle at the right time, ball on the ground, find a way to get it, take the interception. All the things we all talked about, which goes back to what I said at the outset of this program. The key word that you said at the beginning of the program and the key word that Matt said throughout the press conference is consistency. And so when you talk about all those examples of the way to improve or the accomplishments of the inside linebackers, it is about consistency. It's about every phase of the defense getting to know each other and developing that chemistry so they run a faster pace of, of defense. I do think it, it did uh, show itself this week in Tampa, and um, I look forward to seeing it this week um, against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think Matt's catchphrase for the week is getting back and having a perfect practice on Wednesday and having the consistency of all team elements, offense, defense, and special teams. So from Jack Sanborn, who was at the podium on Monday on just how the game was called by the defensive coordinator for the week, Matty Berflus. Obviously the first time with him. Um, it's obviously been his defense for a while. He knows it very well. And uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I'm curious, you know, Tremaine kind of is listening to him to like uh, hear exactly what he's saying. But uh, yeah, it felt like we were kind of sending more pressure um, early in the game and stuff like that. And uh, definitely aggressive and um, knows what he wants and uh, knows what on certain plays, certain down and distances, uh, situational ball, uh, can definitely trust him to put us in exactly the position that he wants us to be in. And, you know, it's the confidence they have in a guy who's done it many, many years. This is his defense. Let, let's be honest, it's his defense. It's the Bears' defense. But uh, Sanborn says that, uh, you know, the confidence in that goes a long way, Tom. And, and I would expect that from these guys. Me too. And, you know, the thing that I like about football is there's always a little bit more pressure when the head coach has his hands on a specific element of the team. And he is calling the defense uh, along with his duties as a head coach. And when you look at Jack Sanborn to every single one of these players, Matt is a type of guy that's out there. We see him out there individually coaching fundamentals. So he knows the defense. He wants that more. He wants that better consistency. He wants these guys to play fast. And I think if every one of them continue to sharpen their fundamentals, we'll eventually see the outcome that we all want. Busy Hard Seltzer, the official Hard Seltzer of the Chicago Bears. Jeff and Tom here on the Bears Etc. podcast. Uh, one more from Sanborn. This is a local guy. This is a guy who experienced uh, all those you, you know losses last season to end the year. Sanborn was asked today if, if he's taken it to heart. I mean, yeah, I think for me uh, it definitely does just because, you know, everyone's here to win and everybody here wants to win. And um, so, yeah, it definitely is tough. And, you know, just being here last year too, being a part of – uh, that I think everyone kind of understands, everyone feels it, and I think nobody is more kind of disappointed in it than, you know, the guys that are going out there every Sunday and kind of putting their bodies on the line for it. And, um, yeah, I think everyone wants to win. I mean, the city deserves a winning team. And, um, yeah, and but, I mean, but we come in every day, and, you know, that's our goal. I love the answer. I love the answer, Tom. Uh, for the guys that have been here and have not experienced winning, uh, it is hitting them hard. And uh, despite the fact it is a different season, a different team, the guys that have been here, it does hit them a different way. It would have hit you a different way as a local guy and a here for a long time. You know, Jack's path into the NFL is not as similar as a lot of other guys. When you come as a free agent, you're a local guy. You're not necessarily expected to make the team. Then you expect, then you make the team and you exceed expectations. So he doesn't have a long NFL life to go by. But when you have Tremaine Edmonds and you have T.J. Edwards, you have these guys that have been on successful teams and they see what it takes to maintain and sustain that consistency of winning. I think those are a couple sounding boards that should be talking in the locker room a little bit more with encouragement and correction. But I don't think a guy like Jack Sanborn needs – needs a lot of uh, advice about how hard to play the game and how to be prepared. Because even when I watch him in the game against Tampa Bay Bucks, the dude still reads offenses as quickly as possible. He's a great Johnny on the spot tackler. And I still think his best football is ahead of him. However, when you have guys that come from winning franchises, the message that they can put inside the locker room and the way guys should think, prepare and be ready on game day I, th I think it could spill through offense and defense. Take a chance. Download the Bet Rivers app today. All right, let's talk about Tyreek Stevenson. Uh, as I indicated in the interview with Coach, uh, Kyler Gordon went through it. Jaquan Brisker went through it. Rookies go through what they go through, and he's going to be targeted until further notice. Certainly they're going to look at the tape and see where he is 
uh, at right now. And so yesterday, uh, Sunday, Mike Evans, they, they went to him. They went to Mike Evans. They went to him when he was uh, being defended by Tyreek Stevenson. And the end result was five of seven for 140 yards and a touchdown. Now, skewed a bit, frankly, because of what you feel strongly about on the offensive pass interference that should have been called on Evans on the 70-yard touchdown or 70-yard pass play. I don't think I know. Listen, Mike (laughs) Evans throughout the course of his career has done this to a lot of defensive backs. But the judgment of any football player after an effort like that comes, how do you rebound from it? Tariq Stevenson is one of the more physical tackling defensive backs the Bears have. And I really admire that element of him. He's going to learn more about routes. He's going to learn more about how wide receivers in the NFL attack how they're running downfield. He's going to get more consistent about his reads to the receivers he's playing against. So when you talk about a 6'5", 240-pound receiver that's had a big day, Tyreek Stevenson should not be ashamed of it. He has to learn how to improve from it. And the next time he comes up like a weapon uh, against a weapon like that, how do you defend it more securely? We're brought to you by PNC, official bank of the Bears. Other injury news we touched on, uh, Darnell Mooney. Uh, the word from Matt Eberflus on Eddie Jackson was positive for now. Uh, so that still needs to be taken a look at. The foot injury there had a couple dehydration issues during the game with T.J. Edwards and also Jaquan Brisker, who managed to come back. Tom, they're going to Kansas City. I don't know. Have you checked the weather yet? Is it going to be hot there? Because Cloudy you know, and 71, Jeff. Okay, not an issue. Should not be yeah, an right. issue. Should not be an issue at all. 325 starts, so the temperature will be on the downward. Now, nice job, Tom. Our daily and weekly weather report from Mr. You better, Tom Thayer. You better bring your card again. yeah getting to be that weather falls about to commence that's for sure let's talk about Kansas City and the one thing I want to talk about first and foremost is this third down uh, these past two weeks so yes a lot has been given up on third down and Baker Mayfield was 12 of 13 on third down throwing the football you got Patrick Mahomes coming in Uh, can you stop some of the third down damage and how do you represent doing it First of all, I think they got to find someone that has the capabilities to run stride for stride with Kelsey because Patrick Mahomes, when he gets in trouble and he sees his downfield receivers cover, he's willing to go underneath. And like I said, that 13-yard pass, he's willing to throw an eight-yard completion and count on Kelsey to get the extra five, six yards needed to get beyond the first down marker. So I do think the role of not letting him have a free release off the line of scrimmage, allowing someone to interrupt his route as as immediately as possible. Can you take a guy like Jaquan Brisker and kind of mirror him around the field from the line of scrimmage all the way through his route? Uh, But it's going to be about um, interrupting the comfort zone of Mahomes. And I do think there's a couple of attackable spots on their offensive line. And, um, if you can interrupt their protection, put Patrick Mahomes in a backpedal, and I think you, as great as he is, as great as his vision is, all the arm angles he can throw from, but any quarterback that's in a backpedal has difficulty accurately throwing it forward. You know, the, the Bears uh, are, are much better at the moment in stopping the run than they were a year ago, and that's uh, a big uh, 
Tip of the cap to the new front seven and, and some of those players there, and it can only get better from here. Isaiah Pacheco is the guy. He runs really hard. You're going to really have to want to bring that guy down. He is. Uh, he's still got a chip on his shoulder for where he's drafted, and he was a star in the Super Bowl last year. Good news, Chicago United Airlines is getting brand-new planes with all the bells and whistles like Bluetooth connectivity, screens at every seat, and room for everyone's roller bag. United, proud to fly the Chicago Bears, and you too. All right, again, uh, we're going to preview this later in the week, but uh, – Kansas City's defense has allowed just 23 total points. Uh, the big guy comes back uh, and hits the ground running hard. Outstanding defensive tackle, Chris Jones. He had a sack and a half. He had five pressures. He hit the quarterback a couple of times. And much like Travis Kelsey is a go-to, when they need a big stop, they turn to the big guy, Chris Jones. Well, if your intentions is to run at him, you better have some type of secure block against him or else he's going to penetrate into the backfield and disrupt the flow of the play. Attack him from unexpected angles. And that's kind of the way that we treated guys from departed Jerome Brown, who played for the Philadelphia Eagles, Reggie White, the departed Reggie White, uh, for that matter. But when you play against great players with extreme explosiveness, you have to attack attack them Jeff at unexpected angles and that's traps and that's whams and that's angle blocks by powerful offensive linemen if you do that what happens to the defensive linemen's psyche throughout the game even great players if they if they start looking over their shoulders to see what's coming do they start losing their touch with uh, where the ball's going and they start looking to see who's coming in from the side or whatnot you create an instant of hesitancy and their explosiveness off the line of scrimmage because they're kind of see, okay, if Cole Komet's coming in slow motion, is he whamming me? Is he setting me up to get trapped? Or is he going to run by me and go off field? Now, if you can put that instant of hesitancy in their explosiveness off the line of scrimmage, you're giving the advantage back to the offensive lineman. I don't think Chris Jones is going to shy away from it, but there's a lot of different ways that you can unexpectedly attack him at the line of scrimmage and take advantage of him penetrating across the line of scrimmage. Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears, tastes like Miller Time Chicago, proud sponsor of a Bears Etc. podcast. You got any final thoughts before we wrap it up and uh, let you uh, break down the Kansas City Chief tape and figure out a way to stop the the magic man, Patrick (laughs) Mahomes? You know, I just want the Bears, when they do take the practice field on Wednesday, to go out there with a positive attitude. I know they are 0-2 and they lost the game. There's a lot of criticism that hope these guys aren't listening to through social media because it is about weekly improvement. It is about developing that chemistry. And like Matt said, if you can go out on Wednesday and have a positive practice, that can do a lot to kind of bring the locker room back to life, give a little belief in what they're teaching you, and try to take it ultimately ultimately to the game field on Sunday. All right, Tom, back with you on Thursday for our preview of the Bears Chiefs in Kansas City. Thursday night, 6 o'clock on ESPN 1000, our Bears weekly show. We're going to be joined on the podcast, by the way, by the great voice, one of the great voices in the NFL, Mitch Holtis, the very excitable Kansas City Chiefs radio play-by-play man. He'll have some stories, a fun guy to talk to. So be ready, big time, be ready. I'm ready every day. For Bears head coach Matt Eberflus and Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe now on the Chicago Bears official app, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bear down, Bears fans.